schematic design and design development. This first phase is nineteen thousand dollars. That's the that's the phase that we would need to do to work through the design, and then you see the additional um, cost if it's uh, when this goes to to bid for the construction documents and the and the bidding and then the contract administration. So total on that would be proposed to be forty eight thousand. So we're at forty eight thousand. Um, in total, with West Plains Engineering, seven thousand plus plus two trips from uh, Lakeview Lumber. So the, the initial cost of that is going to be nineteen thousand. Okay. We can quit there if things don't proceed. Correct. Yep. <clears throat> so we're looking at a total of fifty-five thousand plus for engineering and design. Out of those, out of those two, remember we do have a third. A third engineer involved, very to that back who did the site more oh, right. then, and that was twelve thousand. Well, this same engineering firm did the library. Yeah, except for this is this was going to be the same setup that we utilized when we did the library extension. This will be paid for by the designated TIF funds we already have. Out of TIF account, right. I, th I think it's needed so we get to the final what it's going to cost, right? Because I, I I don't think we could come up with uh, accurate cost figures without the engineering. I, I, how, where do you stand on donations? The last, yeah, we're just pretty close to the goal that uh, we set as our initial goal, which is the two hundred thousand, and we're propping a second uh, fundraising mailer uh, for this kind of early spring. Is it you're you're talking two hundred thousand? Is that donations or is that donations and pledges? Well, that is a donation. Yeah, because some well, folks, some folks, over, some folks gave over a two-year time frame. And when you're, when folks are given, you know, over five thousand dollars, they spread that out over two years, but, which is just typical fundraising. It's not a negotiation large fundraising. Do you know how much is it? How much is they were that she shared with me that it's practically all donations except for a couple large pledges like one of the large businesses that pledged quite a chunk you know hasn't given us the cash yet they just keep saying when you need it and right. okay. so i think the actual money donations are okay well you know that original plan list of all the different grants that we were going to apply for Mm -hmm. um, do we know where we're at with all of them? Any chance? Because I know we got two fifty on the one that we wanted three fifty, right? That's, that's right. We got two fifty from the Great Places grant, and then we ordered another twenty thousand from this rural innovation grants. Bank. Those are the ones that that are and right for this this uh, water. Those uh, so WQI water quality ones. That's what we'll use for the um, for the green infrastructure power system. Yeah, yep. yep. So that that is the one that's pending right now. And then what? Is, wasn't there one that we thought problem that they didn't want to give it to us? It was a problem that it wasn't applied for correctly. Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll probably do that yeah. in two phases, and the CAT grant. The CAT grant's is, coming up this spring. Yeah, that's, that's the bigger grant that we'll apply for. We need a motion for to continue with the proposal. I'll make the motion. 
So, roll call. Walmart. Yes. Yes. Beckman. Yes. Frank. No. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Can I have a can I ask a question? Yes. I'm a little confused about what they're, uh, we're going to send the plans up to you and have the plans because you had it split into electrical it, and whatever. Yeah, it, 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 enters into, it enters into that, that proposal with, with Western plans. So the mechanical guy it, plus the yeah, plus yeah, the structural guy from Lakeview Lumber and then the proposal from Western Plains. The whole the whole proposal from Western Plains, but that is that is staged so that if we only when we get past the first phase with the second phase of fees kick in. So the motion is for the everything. whole for everything. Thank you for that vote of support on behalf of Say well while we're discussing this stuff, I would like to go through a couple other things with you in just to get an update about where we are on on the, some of the parts of the project. First thing is that that back engineering study, and that was in your packet. Then it started on page 13. We had back do the uh, site plan, give a proposal of what the site plan would look like, and knowing that we needed to have that to uh, apply for this this WQI grant. So that was the that was the time push to to have that done. And so you see what they did as far as the uh, proposed site plan. We put together a nice looking site plan. And that includes the, uh, of course, the, the location of the building, concrete driveways and a few concrete parking spaces. There's 208 spaces in there that are on a, a gravel parking lot. The big blue thing, like on page 15, the big, the big blue one is a large retention pond that drains the entire site. So uh, it, that would have a permanent water level in it. So it's getting, it gets some water treatment that way before things go to the lake but uh, it uh, holds the drainage from the entire site. And off on the uh, east side there, it, it mentions where a couple of small bioretention cells are directly east of the proposed building. So those would be two other small bioretention cells to uh, handle drainage from that area and from the roof. Yeah, just looking at, at page 16, that'll tell you a little bit about the uh, 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 pavement area of parking spaces, and then tells a little bit about the, the parking lot just in general, that uh, the parking lot itself is proposed to be a six-inch granular parking lot, and it has this thing called geogrid. So they prepare the surface, put this geogrid down, and then uh, uh, six inches of rock. And then you see on page 17 and 18, it gets through everything like on soils and uh, just ran a, a very comprehensive analysis on, on the site plan. Page 19 shows the, the cost estimate on that needed to have them break out the parts that were the bottom of the page, the low impact development, that's the amount um, for those grants. So we we asked for a grant of half of that amount and the other half for matching funds 
is would be funded by the 319 program, which is through our, our watershed. And then the uh, LPA has committed $5,000 match on that too. So 118 on the bottom part for green infrastructure. And you see the 575 on the upper part um, as far as the site preparation. So we don't need to add them two together is what you're saying. You do add, yeah, you do add them together. You do add them together. Yeah. So there's 2,286 square yards of concrete. Yes. So in this proposal, is this a paved parking lot? No, that that's the the part on the picture around the building and the and the horseshoe drive. And that's twenty two hundred eighty six yards. Square yards. Um, yeah, because the granular surface for the parking lot is about eight thousand square. This seems like a lot. Yeah, I see it's an independent. So that uh, site plan is the first draft of the site plan, but that's uh, what we had submitted for that green infrastructure grant. A couple of other updates on that. I know we've talked about uh, pro forma and, and knowing the operations costs and stuff. And one of the specific things dealt with natural gas costs. And we're now then awaiting the furnace design on the natural gas before you really get to the notion of, of how much the operations costs are on the natural gas. So um, that furnace design will be one of the things to come out of this <coughs> proposal from Western Engineer. And then the last thing about land purchase, uh, we, we had uh, have all the contracts signed on the uh, land purchase. We're awaiting the abstract to be completed. Other than that, it'd be ready to close. So do we need to do something with that ground this summer? Uh, somebody was currently leasing or renting that. Do we need to get an agreement with that person? We will be the owner of it by that time. Yeah. Okay, and that, that's all. Okay, the Salt Rail Trail Association.
I can see the sign on that. Basically, we're just looking for your blessing to put it down there, kind of by Schultz Memorial, somewhere in that area, with more concrete underneath it. So, whatnot, but we need around it, just drag more up to it, make the street for us. And make a motion we allow it. Okay. okay. Yes. Yes. Frank. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Hey, we got some brush pile site regulations. Yeah, let's take a look at our brush pile site regulations. Um, page 20 of, of the packet. Just want to talk through this. Um, so that everybody's on the same page. Just general rules of the brush pile site. You know, it lists the only things that are accepted out there: trees, brush, leaves, grass clippings, garden waste, and concrete. Okay, we don't accept lumber. Uh, and then only waste grown or generated within Lakeview City limits can be taken to the dump. And plastic bags do need to be emptied and removed. Then we had a a committee that was uh, set up from the last council meeting. We did have our committee meeting. And would suggest these uh, regulations then for use and maintenance of the brush pile site. So, keeping separate piles for trees and brush and separate piles for grass clippings, leaves, and garden waste. Okay, the location um, would then be, be designated by signs, and, and Dean is starting to work on, on some signs already. February 22, we would uh, the items would be placed as shown on the aerial photo. So flip back a couple pages, and this gives some idea about where we would be. Uh, the concrete on on the south side, leaves and grass clear clear on the west side. With the idea being that that is is pushed off to the side, not burnt, just pushed over the edge. Okay, and then uh, more towards the north would would be where the uh, brush would go. Um, whereas we'll talk, it would be periodically burnt. There's a road that's proposed to go down to the south and around the back of all of the of the dumped items, and that would be um, just just clearing out some of the scrub trees and whatnot, and make sure that they can get through there. Any, any ideas about how you're going to do that? Then uh, brush more on the schedule. I've walked down through there, and there's like small little saplings and stuff just sticking up. Our brush mower will mow right through there so that the quick attack can get down and around to the side where in case leaves or grass, somebody burns it without permission or somebody dumps some ashes that isn't controlled by us, starts on fire, they can get down there with a quick attack instead of going over the side of the pile. Uh, it says campground, but we're not allowing, allowing camping out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the, the, that's the just the idea yeah. is to make sure the ashes get dumped right. in, a, in a separate location. I thought that was the overflow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you have an update about about anything campground ash related? Purchase a trailer. Um, I saw it on Facebook and I talked to Dale about it, Dave about it, Scott. I talked to Sandy about it. I talked to Eric about it. Um, it it's an all-metal trailer. The price was $250, and I got down there, and I told the guy what we're using it for, and he got this look on his face. And he's 
said, well, I haul my ashes the five-gallon bucket, you know, and then I talked to them about it, needed a hitch, tires weren't the greatest and stuff, and I asked him if he'd drop it down to $200, and he said, no, he says, if you don't pay the 250 I'm going to use it for just what you said, and I'll take it off Facebook. So I'm like, here's your $250, and brought it back, bought some tires and a hitch for it, and going to make it look nice and paint it up. But it's all metal. Um, they're going to be able to dump their ashes in that. That's it. So the idea here really being that they dump ashes in it when they clean up on Monday, and it can sit for the rest of the week, or it can sit through till the next Monday, and they'll dump the thing real quick again before they start to fill it up again. So, uh, just doing what they can to try to avoid any any problems with the, the dump starting on fire. <clears throat> okay, so uh, see that yeah, the leaves and grasses of things, garden waste, they would be pushed off toward, towards the west. That pile uh, would not be burned as far as leaves and grasses of things. Okay, so it does have periodic burning for tree branches and other small wooded materials. Yeah. It would, it would be great that uh, the pile would be kept a small enough size that it would burn up in one day. Okay, again, we're not burning grass clippings, leaves, or garden waste. As far as large tree trunks, we do not anticipate that we're gonna burn those either. That they, the tree trunks would be, they can be set aside and available for anyone to take, okay? So that anybody could take those, no cost to the contractor, but certainly no cost to the city if they wanna come in and, and somehow try to take those. And um, or they'd be pushed over the edge by uh, by the city staff or a contractor. But it's proposed that these large trunks would not be burned. So how might how might we be, be able to handle that with a grapple? Uh, we're trying to get a, a king welding up there in sack to give me a price on what it's going to take to get our old snow bucket get grapple made onto that, and then move to the one there with tobacco and grab it. And if we have to cut it in a little bit smaller chunks, depending on how big this trunk might be, we can grab it and throw it over the edge with our piece of equipment. Okay, dump sites burned only as directed by the utility superintendent. And generally when the uh, when the wind's gonna blow the smoke out of town. Okay, fires can only be lit by city staff. And generally, small fires would not be extinguished, but allowed to burn themselves out. Now, prior to, to lighting the, the brush on fire, city staff would, would notify city hall. We would keep a written log about when the, uh, the dump is lit on fire. And as much as practical, try to notify the public, and that would be done via social media, if, if we have ample time to tell them we plan to burn it on tomorrow or whatever it's going to be. Okay, on top of the next page, then in the event that a fire spreads to be much longer, larger than anticipated and may burn for a few days, decision to extinguish the fire rests with the fire chief. And then uh, safety of the firefighter being top priority. I know they, uh, yeah, and that, and that would really be if something gets out of hand. Otherwise, it would tend to think that it would uh, continue to burn. There's some groundwork that, that needs to be done. We talked about making this access road uh, to provide the fire department access to the bottom of the old gravel pit. And then also there's uh, Dean, you know, that's what, one of the things about this plan is that it does require quite a little bit more 
uh, staff time to make sure that we're managing stuff out there. And and Dean certainly is, is aware of that. But even starting off with like all of the stuff go clear to the go clear to the west. So it's cleaning all that top part up, getting getting all of the rebar and and making sure that uh, that it can uh, that you can drive all the way back to without problems. And then uh, one other thing that we had talked about though is um, would the council have any desire to basically haul some dirt out, out there and, and cover up the top of that? You know, we could get address some of those concerns and we can get dirt relatively cheap. We'd have Levi trucking some stuff from the back Um But so, you know, about the time we do that, it'll be muddy all the time. So I'm interested in your thoughts about that, whether we'd be interested in doing that or not. Doesn't Bob go out and cut the metal with six up floors? No, he flags them and tells us that they're there. Oh. I go down there the other day and just pick up. I hate to see if somebody from town took the car out there. They're going to dump it by the gate because it's yeah, it's not very passable. Mm -hmm. But like you said, if you put dirt on top, it's just going to be a muddy mess. And but I I know it if it rains number one, but it's going to be muddy if it rains or not and then it, it'll end up drying up and that's when people start using it again but right a lot of that concrete needs to be covered up because it's just chunks and chunks and chunks and the uh or just when they're out there they were in the dozer and just bouncing around with all the concrete you know so it's just in my opinion it needs to be covered up we're going to make it work for everybody to drive back to the Last, we're going to have to have some type of way to get back there in smaller vehicles. And so I don't know why we would do they have some dirt or something. Like that. Six, six, seven, seven loads play available out there. Hey, did you check that clearly? Yeah. Six, seven semi loads. Hmm. It's going to be dropping the bucket. I thought we were going to start off with 10 and see how, see how much that uh, <laughs> spread out with its good order. You volunteering? <laughs> I, I do have one more suggestion. Yes. Instead of putting that access road inside the dump area, mm -hmm. there's a gate to the south a little bit further. Okay. Keep that burned up along the south. So John Doe can't be driving back around there. Put a gate with a padlock on it. So only, okay. of course, then that's going to be bad for the fire trucks. Mm -hmm. But if you put a gate across it, it's slow people down from going back in there where they don't need to be. If you lock it, you have a key. Yeah. And where's that at? It's on, just on the gravel just, road. No, no, it's just south of the entrance that's there. Oh yeah, that goes down and around. Yeah, that's back down and around that key. Yeah. Is this another entrance off of the okay. blacktop road or is mm -hmm. it is it, mm -hmm. okay. right. it, it was Karsten's entrance actually when Karsten's on that property. Okay. Check it out. Uh, last couple things about campground ash, making sure that's in a in a separate location, and then uh, educating the public. And really, what we're looking at about education, again, large signs out there at the brush pile site that would denote where things are to be done. And then we'll work uh, through social media and the, and the newsletter and traditional print media about trying to get the word out about uh, the importance of maintaining that site and, and we need the public's uh, 
public's help in order to really make that uh, come to be. And we'll also, you know, of course, tell them about the penalties for non-compliance. Can we, can we put a letter in with the record bills? Yeah, we, we bill by postcards. So we, we, it would have to be a special mailing in order for that to, to happen. And at least we know everybody got it. If we're, especially if we're going to enforce the penalties. Well, we usually give them a bunch of warnings before we ever do it. <laughs> well, maybe that needs to stop. Okay, I would agree. But the fine was a thousand bucks. Police was pretty hesitant to give that ticket out. Well, I'm not saying a thousand is the right number, but no, hundred bucks. Hundred bucks wakes somebody up a little bit. Yeah, sure. yeah. Especially if they had a warning the week before or the yeah. month before. Flip a couple pages back to 23. This is the entire amount of our ordinances as it pertains to that brush policy. So a couple things that the committee identified about our contractor permit is 25 bucks per year. They would certainly suggest that the council would would increase that fee. They didn't suggest what a fee would be, but uh, would look at having it increased. Um, really, we just need to have a lot more interaction with contractors on that too, because ever since they don't come in to sign out a key or or anything anymore, we may not even know they're there. So we'll be. Uh, <coughs> Sending out applications, contractor permits to everybody who's, who's been there before. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant on increasing the fees because any fees you increase to the content, you get passed on to more. And, and I think, you know, homeowners kind of heat out. And I, I'm good with. Letting the contractors keep them on top of them more often, get the key or, or whatever. But you know, as soon as you lock that thing up, too, you're in the springtime and people are doing yard cleanup and stuff. And a lot of times when city hall's closed, right? Most of the time when city hall's closed, whether it be weekend or after work, so locking is really, really an option, I think. Keeping on top of the contractors is probably, you know, what we really need to do. Because yeah. we got a camera out there watching the contractors, and um, I think but, we but are. I, I'd be against raising the fee because that's going to be passed on to the homeowner, homeowner, or us. Because <laughs> we only allow the contractors that are doing work in the city limits to dump it, correct? Right, yeah. yeah. This stuff has to be generated from in town. Right. Do we need to add something into this ordinance? There's something about the garbage bag and that or oh okay. Sure can I, yeah. I don't see nothing in there that they need to be no plastic bag. Yep, sure can. Um, I circled number four where it's talking about access limited, and I think that uh, it's got to be coming up on two years now, basically since the dump's been open all the time. And you know, we haven't we haven't closed it, and have had really pretty decent uh, compliance from the public about not having a whole lot of problems out there. And uh, I think a lot of it comes back to the fact that we have these cameras out there now, and we we follow back and and find folks who have. Uh, 
have dumped out there and and we've done that Kay, Kay will sit there and watch the uh, this video for a couple hours and and find out who had been out there at what time um so it can happen uh just yeah interested in your thoughts about uh whether there would ever come a time that we would uh limit access to that i, I said i don't think whatever we're Clean up yard waste or brush. It's always during the weekend or after work. When City Hall is closed, and to call PD out to unlock the gate is sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. Right, because they may be on something more important than unlocking the gate. No, my phone rang a lot, or I had people beating on my door on the weekends a lot. So if we're not having that. Any issues out there? I'd say keep it online. Have there been no major stuff on catching plastic bags once we they can go pick them up? Yeah, I guess, but we have that access limited section there, and I'd like to maybe rewrite that just to uh, basically say that that uh, you know it's the intention that the the dump site would would remain open. Um, but that it, it can be closed then during, uh, basically when there's trouble times, you know, if, if people are, are posing problems that we go ahead and lock them. Right. Come up with some type of, of language on that. So you propose to not adopt it tonight, wait till the others changes? So I need to write up uh, some ordinance changes. And then any, any ideas about penalties? I would say we need to get it to a realistic number so we can enforce it and wake them up a little bit. Yeah, it's got to be enforceable. Yeah. <clears throat> so a couple of things. You can stipulate the amount of penalty that you would like to have if you would like. The other thing is that if, if a penalty is not stated, it's just a municipal infraction. Okay. Now, uh, and we would cite them as a municipal infraction. And then it goes to the magistrate who determines what fine. Hundred bucks first time, two fifty the second time, then get to five hundred the third time. Because that hundred don't get their attention, two fifty five. But then it's still low enough that you can. When I say low enough, it's still a figure that. It's enforceable. Right. Person's gonna get it. It's Somebody's gonna hear and go, and I ain't got them. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I would intend to. Uh, How long was our agreement with uh, Hancock for them to keep continuing Yeah, I don't know that we have a uh, even a written agreement. It's just more of, of an understanding, and uh, we need to get out and talk with Hancock, which I've not done. Um, we can that, that, that original conversation was back in Weston, and it's changed hands like three times since then, twice anyway. And then, yeah. Yeah. in the past, they would pay for pushback one time, the city would pay for pushback the next time, but over the years, they bailed out of their time to push back. Well, I see the last time we spent was worth just like $45. <laughs> If we're going to do that street, the next street, the oh, one. no, oh, 
Oh, oh early, yeah. Lake Shore. Lake Shore Drive. We're going to have a bunch of concrete then, and hopefully whoever we hire can dump it way in the back instead of spread it out with the pusher back. Well, isn't Trader taking some of that? He's taking the wood. He's taking the wood part of it, and so far he hasn't, he hasn't worked things out with his family issues in order to allow them to take the concrete out. He'd like to have it for his family members at that point. She still has intentions of coming and going to Smith, but I don't know when she's going to get done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> keep telling me here. All right, so I'm going to uh, prepare an ordinance uh, change to be considered next time that will reflect this. But what's your thoughts on policy in general? Are we good to go with policy? Or, um, Looks good. It's a starting point. Mm -hmm. Yep. Can we have a Another motion to approve that? Policy then? So second. Second. Roll call. Holtman. Yes. Moeller. Yes. Frank. Yes. Beckman. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Camp Crescent rules and operations. Hey, Sandy. Yeah, have you come up here and ordinance five twenty? Yeah, oh, yeah, you skipped over, skip over that. Jesus. Yeah. Well, hang on a second. We'll have the second reading of ordinance 520. The motion to approve. Yeah, I mean, I'm here, I'm here. Second. Oh. I need a motion to approve. So second. 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 Roll call. Hey, Waltman. Yeah. Moeller? Yes. Frank? No. Beckman? No. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Camp Crescent rules and operations. We're waiting. Just on 30 minutes. Speak up nice and loud so the white can hear. So we've already kind of went over the rules. I've talked about this stuff before. We just never made decisions and we want to get the um, pamphlets printed. I didn't know if I needed to review this stuff with you guys so we can get decisions. Like on the dogs, I'd like to um, have the language in the pamphlet be the same as the city as far as the pit bull and the Rottweilers. And the reason for that is because if they call the police and ask them what the rule is, they read what the city rule is, and then they get to the campground from out of town with their dogs and our, our uh, says no Rottweilers, I believe. Right. Yeah. So we just want it to match. City code is just pit bull terriers, I think is all it said. I think it should match. And it's touching now anyway, or didn't defend it. It yeah. I guess just in, in general expect that at some point somebody's gonna bring a, an issue about having three specific ordinance and, and it's um, been difficult to defend and so far our insurance company hasn't asked us to drop our, our restriction, but we can expect that maybe sometime. Up until then, I guess we could continue. So change it to match the cities in the pamphlet? I would think so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, the kennels, I think I said this at the last time we talked about this to me, a caged dog is better than one that's running loose. Um, the kennel problem back in its day was they were puppy milling, bringing in all these puppies, but there's already a rule now in place that says only two dogs for campsite. So I think that's going to help on that. Um, but I I would like to see the kennel rule back in there um, instead of letting let the dogs run around crazy. 
they're supposed to be on a six inch leash or six foot six inch, a six foot leash. Um, the leash thing. We go around. We have dogs at the office all the time. Then we have to go all through the campground and find out whose dog it belongs to. It's not been enforced. No. Not enforced. When they bring it to my attention, I go after it. Well, it needs to be enforced. It needs to be looked at. Uh, I'm sorry, but it's not enforced. And there's dogs on leashes 30 feet long. Though. I would be okay with a no dog rule. We do. We do. Everywhere. You're right. It's a mess. Oh, my yard. <laughs> <laughs> don't play it up. Nope. We were told we'd lose half our campers. We didn't right. I, I agree. Yeah. Most of the campers have dogs, and I listen to them barking. <laughs> but, but then it comes down again to an enforceable rule. It has you to be enforced. Enforce. Yes. It has to be enforced. You put all the rules down. If you don't enforce them, they're no good. That's right. But you have to have staff to do that. We can't be in two places at once. Yeah, honestly, guys, it's what we do on our evenings is run around and we do the rules. It's like, you, know, like, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. That's what we do. Yeah. <clears throat> I would think some of them would know the rules here pretty soon and they keep breaking them. There's well, I think the last time um, we talked, we have a deal where we can initiate a $50 fine. It's in the pamphlet. Um, I think probably that is the thing, just like this other fee thing. Start enforcing the fee. Mm -hmm. And once one or two get that fine, that then maybe the rest are going to hear about it. And, but there is a $50 fine line in the pamphlet about the dogs. And again, it just needs to be enforced. We have to make sure. Is that a question that can be asked when they register? You know, do you have dogs? It's not right on the registration. They have to click. They got to click to know. And yeah. they know about the six foot leash. It's right on there. And then they So they're not being informed. It's just that they're not abiding by the rule. That's a lot of the people there. Yeah. <clears throat> We have stop signs in town people don't pay attention to either. <laughs> one right doesn't make two right. Well, you do the best you can. Yeah, from what I've seen, you've been doing a good job. Thank you. Um, I would just like to do the kennel thing because um, they get creative then. I, 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 we break I them, we have to tell them to take the fence down. Like, like they literally will put like this high of fence between two campers all the way around. Then they got the campfire in the middle. And I know I don't like that idea either. You know, and then you gotta go tell them to take their fencing down. They're like, well, you said we can't have a kennel. Well, it's kind of what you're doing. You're kenneling your dog in the space. But I these know, are just ideas. Like if you guys it's don't like them, I'm just saying. No kennels or pet bins, and that's what a pet bin is to me. I have seen them all bent stuff around like that. But if you limit the size of it, right. You know, that's, well, that's why I went down to forty-two inches to emphasize. That's a that's a good idea. It's worth a try. I'm just out for help. This is what this is one of our issues we face every weekend. So 40, 42 inches means what? It's like can, the forty-two is the widest at any point it can be, and they don't. I don't find very many online that's forty-two by forty-two. They're more like forty-two by twenty-seven. Yeah, they're more rectangle. Yeah, they're rectangle. <laughs> I just don't like the idea of a kennel. <clears throat> I mean, if you enforce the rule that the six six foot leash or whatever, I don't think you need to kill. I'm open to suggestions. Whatever you guys decide, is what I'm going to work with. So, so it's not an either or thing, is what you were saying. If you say the, the right now, there's no kennels. 
Right. Yeah. Um, there's just the the there's a lot of dogs out there that don't get kennel up. But can't can't we have it? It's we have a forty-two inch kennel or, or, or a six-foot six leash. Yeah, it's not. Okay, I'm asking yeah. either or. I would yeah. say yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. 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 I'm not sure whether we're going to bring a kennel down. Right. We're not doing the leash thing. Yeah. Right. And that's the It's either or, but yeah. again, then it needs to be enforceable if they're breaking that. Correct. Then I really want to use that fifty-dollar fine thing, and I guess I've never really asked. Is that something I enforce, or the police enforce that fifty-dollar fine? Like I've never got the clarification on how that works. Well, I think the police have to enforce. Yeah, I don't think it should fall on you. Okay. We got enough stuff to do. Yeah. As they bite people, and we've had it all down there. We'll have to try to inform the police if they have to go down there to call. Yeah, we We've had them down there several times because of dogs. I got pictures of this one lady's hand that got bit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the dog was on a leash. Okay. Um, this is just another idea thoughts. I'm again, it's just because it's so dangerous. And I could even go ten o'clock on this, but the bike rule. Um, for the little kids, I mean, I know adults ride their bikes to the bars and stuff, but like at eleven o'clock at night, I'm getting phone calls that they're like some kid almost got hit because they're still chanting around because that's like an easy way for the parents or the babies anything. But ride around the campground on your bicycle. <clears throat> I've had one parent, she was gonna go buy um light reflectors to for us to hand out to people that have bikes just so they can see them better. Um, and, and we don't even have to do anything with it. I just want you to know it's a huge problem. And I was looking for a solution and I don't know. I like the answer. idea of this 9 p.m. for kids. I really do. But what, how old's a kid? Eight. Well, it can't be any way because they ride them uptown and back. Well, once, how about once they get to the campground, they walk their bike into the campground. Oh, for the adults. For the well, adults. see, we're not we're not gonna see that because it's after ten o'clock. Yeah, you won't see that. We're not gonna see that. What I see is like these little kids. I'm talking well, little little kids. That's what I would be concerned with too. Yeah, they're, they're zipping in and out a, of it's a problem, vehicles and it's dark too. out. Yeah. Above and under. Yeah. That's the number. That's the number we use for like mini golf. That's the number. Remember. They'll lie to you and tell you that they're 14 anyway. At least, at least then we have a rule to work with with the parents. Because the parents, and we go to them like, hey, your kids are all over and they about got hit. I'm like, no. yeah. We're camping. So I just, well, we're camping. So, <laughs> so go up to 12. Yeah. Um, another thing, site posts, they get pulled out. Um, and I know Eric, he's, he's concreted them in and everything. <laughs> Um, but we have literally people come take the site post out so they can get their camper in and then they're over their actual part that they are allowed to rent. So they have more space. Um, and I know some people aren't good backer uppers and it's a way for them to easily back in. They pull the post out and then put it back and get the camper in the right spot. Right, Scott? I don't know that I've actually ever pulled the post, but I'd be inclined <laughs> to do that. because I'm um, I, and we just have a few spots down there, and it's. Um, I would think we could mark the spots and put a sleeve in there so they can be pulled and to get in easily. And then again, it goes back on the staff to make sure they're in their spot because I've sit and watched people and I've watched them run over posts trying to back camp. There's broken ones right now. Yeah, and it's congested down there. I think we should try and sleeve them so we can easily remove them. Campers aren't getting any more. 
and then we put them back in. It doesn't have to be in every spot, but the ones that we're struggling with, we get them back in and out that are removing them. So then they would be responsible for monitoring to make sure they're right in that spot. Yep, right. Okay. We'd have to pound in some square tubing in the ground so they can roll over it or some PVC to square tubing for a four by four or whatever. Our yeah. signs are made out of four by fours, yeah. I think, the posts are. And they make the lumber yard sells us vinyl stuff that you put in the ground and slide it right down inside. Don't you? I'm not sure what vinyl stuff you're talking about. <laughs> like a wrap for a 4x4 or a deck post. Yeah, that would hold up if you got hit once or anything. It's going to be in the ground. If that part's in the ground, 4x4 slides down. They're in, oh. Not folding the hole. Right. How much is that? How much? Mm -hmm. You get a couple couple of sleeves out of one post. Right. <clears throat> I think that's what we should do with them troubled spots. It'd be cheaper than replacing the post. Right. Because mm -hmm. they, they allow space side, I know. Because so we don't have to have like another rule in the um, pamphlet because like there's like a page and a half. It's just all the rules. May, basically, we can we still write in there you're you only are allowed the site area that you're renting not to go over the. Yeah. Like, can I yeah. yes. work with Scott to get verbiage better on that? Yeah. All right. Um, and again, this is just food for thought. Um, the lakefront sites, um, it's one of the things we hear every single weekend as well that they wish there was some that weren't people that were there the whole time. And it's just an idea was to use two or four out of the middle and have them be just a two week limit. And the way it would be monitored is just the exact same way we do it now. You can't go online and rent a lake spot. You have to come talk to us at the office. And then we can chart it in the um, program. We block them out. So like, the ones that live there, we just go from April 15th to October 1st, and the whole thing is blocked out. Um, we would just block out two-week periods. I'm just the, trying to figure out a way to let other people... I think you're do two about, sites. How about doing two sites? What's that? Try, do two sites and two. see if, if, how it works. Yeah. Um, I kind of went through to look to see how much was open through like last year, and occasionally there would be a spot open, but they're so used to them always being full. If, we, if I could advertise it on the that those are just two week spots. And we'll, again, we take care of it all at the office. It's just like the ones that are there. After two weeks, could they come back and get in the same spot again or they've done? Well, we have, we're trying to come up with ways that they couldn't like book it in somebody else's name and just stay there. Right. Like that's, right. yeah, that would all be in the Burby. Okay. Yeah. What What is the difference between Lakefront, Rental Fee, and Lighting? Um, the Lakefronts at this time are the exact same price as a section a um and i believe like we're the um the seasonal i think they're all those are the same price 50 amp electric for the same 50 amp as, is the uh, same as the lake lakefront but yes. lakefront is all 30 amp except for one post has um so two spots do get 50. so we're upgrading that this year that's what we wanted to do to run that study to know that we don't have any electrical problems but jeff is is ready for a uh, for a project to make sure we can handle enough, the load by enough pedestals and these spots are not reserved i think we need to raise our rates on the lakefront side and here's my justification for it and i talked to scott about it or explained it to scott pick a house around the lake i don't care what house you pick look at the property tax they pay on the ground mm -hmm. And they're renting a spot for less than the paying property. Mm -hmm. And pooping dog poop everywhere. Right. 
property and their can and that will help eliminate some of them guys staying there all year long. Fee the fee needs to be raised, in my opinion, on the lakefront lots. Do we have to wait a year to change it? No, 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 no. It's not reservable. So we can raise them in. Right. So like we had already talked, Scott and I, like if we did put the electric in for sure, we were already going to raise the rent yeah. to help cover for the electric. I would be opposed to seeing a $4 difference a day. I'm not going to but whatever. I'm not sell. either, but you know, they got lake, it's lakefront. Yep. And they're there. They're there. They want them. That's right. You'll find out how much the difference is pretty soon, but they're on the lake or not on the lake. That's right. So we think we can do two spots. Like well, it can be a trial thing. If we try to see what you like. If May and June don't look great. No. Then. Because yeah. none of this stuff on this lake stuff has to be done a year in advance. Or, no, 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 no. The lakefront, I don't have enough pets to do the whole lakefront on hand right now. So I called down and order them, and he slapped me. He said, um, You might be lucky to see them by July. So Sandy like and I talked, like, go to each end, do so many in, and then the center would leave the way it was till we get till fall. If we can get these pets in, and then try to do the rest of them and fall at the end of the year, maybe, or something of that sort. How many are you short? Two, I think. You're short two? I believe so. Well, those will be the two spots that can only stay for two weeks. And then right. when you get them in July, we can change them off then uh -huh. when somebody's not there. If that makes sense. Yep. We have to dig nothing up, right? Just back around right. Oh, well, so two spots though is only one pole. One, one pole right. is this one so bed. He's yeah. talking, right? You're talking two. Two pets. So four spots. Right. We could work with whoever's in there in July. Say we want to upgrade this service to 50 amp. You know, and who knows? They might not do anything there. Yeah. I I could get it down to one pet, but then that leaves me no. Feds if something gets run over, so then I don't want to do that either. Right. So I'm basically saying four spots. Yeah. If they run over, do they pay for them? If you can catch them, oh. they all can catch them. He's watching. <laughs> they weren't. That was you. They weren't as high priced as I thought they were going to be either. I was thinking they were seven, eight hundred bucks, and come back about five hundred a piece. So. That's upside, I guess. While we're talking about rates, well, this is the time to bring it up. But what's our city perk, Scott? How does that read? On the employees? Yep. I think it's $5 camping for um, any city employee. But not on major holidays, right? $5 reduced rate or $5? No, it's five bucks. The rate is $5. Five bucks. Yeah. <clears throat> so can we? Can we adjust that? Sure. If that is talk a, about it anyway. That is a uh, just a policy of the city, and certainly just subject to change from the city council. Well, I don't think a city employee. No offense, Jeff. Matter me, it's not no offense to you. Uh, but I don't think a city employee should be able to camp down there all year long for five dollars a day. 
I give to the one week in the year, so it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I think we I think we should have some type of like a five or six day limit. I don't think we've had this year. There was no city employee was there. No, but in the city? past there was. And that city employee's not here no more. He okay. parked his camper down there all year long, left the air conditioner run. He didn't yeah, stay. Yeah, yeah. But it might be better, as Dale's referring to, put it in writing just so that it's right. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my, this is my opinion yeah. only. Um, but yeah, what about major holidays? holidays? Like, you want them doing it like when I need the camp spots for. I say it's always just been understood that if. if if city employees are down there on the, on any time when the spot would otherwise have been rented, they pay full price. They pay full price. Yeah. So that's your major holidays like Carnival and Memorial okay. and Labor Day. That was my first day. Fourth of July. Okay. Yep. Do you want to charge them half rate or what? Huh? You want to charge them half the normal rate or more? Well, I don't. I don't care what the rate is, <laughs> as long as we have five or six days limit per year, and <clears throat> that's just me. It's just me. There's four other people that might have a different opinion. I'd be okay with a seven-day limit for for employees, and if they want to stay over that, then they need to pay for yeah. right. full rate. Seven day that. for a year. And and I think because the lakeside lots are such a hot topic, I don't. I would also like to throw in there to make sure the city employees are not taking those out. At a reduced rate. Right. They want to camp there, they can sure camp there, but it's paying the normal rate. Right. I got a beach. Right. So Does that make sense? Then... I mean, is everybody yeah. understand what I'm getting at? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's the price? Is it sales at five dollars or five dollars with a limit of seven days? Five dollars with a limit. Limit to seven days per season, five five dollars per and night. They want to no legs on that. Lake Shore. Lake Shore. Right. Or if they come on a holiday weekend. Right. Yeah. Right. Five dollars on a concrete pad section. I think it's a pretty darn good deal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a park for being an yep. employee. You can't. If you can't. Yeah. And how many employees can't, really? <laughs> I'm one now. Jeff yeah. does. I, I have a camper. I think that we can't. I think we can't one weekend. <laughs> That's so we usually had his camp. dog run all over the place in his camp. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have more than all over the place. You can't have No, I didn't. Uh, I so gas that. So, yeah, just, um, <coughs> but what I will do is we'll write up policy on, on all this stuff and bring it back to the to the next council meeting. But then, in, including things about the, uh, the fee for lakefront. So it had been mentioned about four dollar increase for lakefront. So you're ready to move on that? No, I'll make a motion to move on that. I'll second that. All right. So this would be to add add four dollars uh, per night to uh to late eighteen dollars so twenty two so it'll be twenty two dollars no it's twenty two now oh it's twenty two now yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of okay they get they stay six and they get the seventh night free all right so yeah why do the motion is to add four dollars per night to lakefront uh lot rental so um Becca? yes Frank yes Mulder yes Waltman yep. thank you 
Yes. Very good. Are we going to do anything about the cabins? I'm just asking. Yeah. Um. So the old cabin is forty dollars. The new cabin is fifty. And I think we talked at one meeting. We're going to make them all. The I think same they price. all go fifty. They this all year. go fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I wanted. Um, another, it's just, a, it's a thought. I'm trying to figure out a way to, um, let, get the pressure off of Town Bay parking. And, um, again, this is what we do on Friday and Saturday nights is run around and tell people to move their vehicles. It's just a thought. I'm open to suggestions. Um, the, on the parking map, the ones that are in green, those, I mean, I see two cars parked in these spots all the time. We got to tell them to move, but the spots are large enough to have two vehicles. Um, it would be on just those outside ones up there, like 1 through 27, uh, 51 through 91. The rest of the spots are just way too little. Well, the A section, but we don't want extra cars there. Are we done? I will open up a can of worms. Um, I'm not in favor of two vehicles in there when it's congested. It's bad enough the way it is with one. We had a fire call down there one night. We couldn't get to the campsite with our equipment. So I think we need, this is only me. I think we need to stay in one, one vehicle per campsite. And I also think a golf cart should be counted as a vehicle. We can change that. That's just my opinion. A golf cart's a heck of a lot smaller than a car. And there's a lot of people. I'll use Mark and Kim Young, for example. They can pull their golf cart in and out of there. It's a lot less space used than a vehicle, than their pickup. That's the first thing I asked for when I got the job. I, I remember that, but I'm just saying that I think it will help ease some congestion for especially the permanent ones, but I think it needs to count as a vehicle. So it's not one golf cart and one vehicle. Just one golf cart or one vehicle. One or the other. One or the other. So I'll use since I mentioned Mark and Tammy, if they have their pickup in their campsite, they can't have their golf cart too. So they can have their golf cart but not their pickup or their car. Does that make sense? And I'm using them as an example because right. I what are we gonna do with the volleyball part? Like is that gonna get turned into anything or more parking? Like again, yes, I'm just trying to figure out a way to the on the weekends you can't get through town bay in the parking lot. It's crazy. Um, so my other thought was if we let like a lot of these people, um 140, 139 through 164, they have boats, so do some of the lakefront people, and they sit out in the town bay all week. Maybe we let them park, and I've talked to Mark or Eric about this, let them park in the red spot, and that would be eight, ten, twelve boats that aren't out in the parking lot all the time. These are our campers. That's where the overflow parking used to be, the red spot. But is it for boats and trailers or just for cars? Either or. It's like, I'll really we actually it. used to We actually used to let people park their camper there during the week. Well, I get to ask that all the time. Is that a rule? I don't know if it's a rule, but that's what used to go on. They parked there for like the dollar a day or something. Pull it out of their site so they aren't paying the site fee and, and the park that they're. That was done years mm -hmm. for lots of years. Must have been a reason to quit it. Yeah. Well, if you start putting campers in there, then you have the problem with the cars again. Right. 
I'm just saying that, that, that used to be the overflow parking, and Camper used to park there during the week. When you change the entrance, didn't it? No, well, we locked that gate's locked all the time yeah. except yeah. for on Sunday. Yeah. Sunday morning at eight o'clock, we unlock it. It's the only time it's unlocked the whole week, is because apparently they would sneak in that gate, and we couldn't see right. them coming and going, so they locked it. But so, so for example, years ago, a camper would pull out on Sunday night. They'd park their camper, leave it down in that overflow area, and Friday they'd come back, pick up their camper, and pull it back in the campsite. That's what was used for years ago. And, and we would charge them two bucks a day yeah. if it was part of it. But if we let them stay in the cab room, we would get more money. No, I, I'm fine with that, <laughs> yeah. too. I'm, I just saying, I'm just saying that's what it was used for. It's always yeah. been used for overflow parking before. And we, we made a sign. Like, when we did the sign project, we have a big sign now. It says overflow parking is right there. Um, you know, like, we but, talked that we we're going to send a letter out to our seasonals. Um, we talked about that mm -hmm. at the very beginning. I mean, that would be one thing to, like, put in that letter, like for the seasonals, you know, if you guys would park your boats and trailers back there, it's just that many more spots we have out in the, in town bay. We have a, we have an ordinance where you can't park for more than 72 hours in one spot. Right? In town. In town. Yeah. It's, it's never been enforced. Oh yeah. That's true. That's on, just on the right away way or not, but, uh, we, in general, we wouldn't allow extended parking down there at the, at the, beach. At the, at the boat ramp parking area. Right. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, we talk about that now, like the, the, the natives, the locals are parking down there. Right. Yeah. That we are going to enforce that this next season. I was just a thought. I'm just open to anything for help. I mean, this is, again, Friday, Saturday nights, this is what the night crew does. They go around at the golf cart and help people move vehicles. Um, it could be a perk. We could charge another dollar per spot for the ones that can have two vehicles. I'm totally against two vehicles. That's me. I'm one of five. But I was in that fire truck and couldn't make it to that. Right. Camper. I believe. I don't know how you guys could get through right now, like on the lakefront. Right. That's why. And, I and that that, and that camper was in this green area. <laughs> Might have been say 14, 13 or 14. Um, one negative thing about the campground is congested. But it could be a golf cart or a car. That's I, my agree. I, I like that idea just because, like you say, the locals, they can just sit in there with their. Well, then we have to change our signs because you all voted no golf carts. <laughs> well, I think it was the no golf carts was. Again, part of the congestion in part was, was the safety of the smaller kids and stuff, or even the golf cart when somebody else is in a big pickup backing up, you know, mm -hmm. and they're zipping through there. But then will the golf cart open up the, well, let's drive around the golf. Yep. It might, but they can drive around with the car. Yeah, less likely. Less likely, but yeah. I'm just saying, I'd sit there and watch it, which is only my opinion. I'm one of five. I just threw it out there. 
They drive around all town. We said our our police department done a good job this past year of eliminating kids driving that aren't old enough. They did a good job of getting that mm -hmm. halted. Yeah. As long as we stick to that when nobody under 16 or nobody has a driver's license can't be driving. And then the rule about how many seats are on the golf cart, that's how many people's on the golf cart. Because I've seen them pile them on. I have too. Yeah. And I and my thought is I'd rather get hit by a golf cart than a pickup. You know, like so that, that's that's, that's why it's for us. So let me ask you this though. So if we say golf carts, are they going to be trailering their golf cart, the out of town people? Or are they going to trade? And then we got another vehicle and a trailer because they want the golf cart in town. Now I'm trying to eliminate. But then again, what are we going to do with the volleyball court? Have they ever used, they ever used two at a time? Well, not no more because they got vandalized. And for the most, it's only, it's just usually the one. Occasionally yeah. you'll have them both, but for the most, it's the one. But we could give that as one and then put parking in the other. Seems like something we're trying. Somewhat. You would need to really see how that lays out because it, it's not big enough to get any substantial amount of cars in there. It's not like you'd have two rows of cars in there. It, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of land, but it's not that much. Yeah, well, I'd uh, push it out further in the grass area. I'd make it bigger than what the sand volleyball court part is. I think maybe the council should make a trip down there. The next meeting, talk about the volleyball court issue. What we can do with it. We can meet prior to the meeting. Yeah. <clears throat> if it's really cold, I probably won't go. <laughs> so we can table the whole parking thing for now. So you I'm all for using that red spot as parking. Well, let's can we say this? We're gonna table it. You guys go look, and then we'll make the decision about the golf carts and the parking, parking and area. all that at one time. Uh, yeah, assuming assuming that that we're, we don't have a foot of snow on the ground. We plan to get together maybe for the next council meeting or go down there and take a look around and uh, get some ideas about uh, what we might do with the uh, volleyball court and, and then have this discussion about golf carts and parking and, and stuff. Okay. Um, and then I guess the reason we're trying to get these decisions from it's time to start making the pamphlets or getting them updated. I've asked Scott his thoughts on it. Um, we have the cheesiest pamphlets, and as much marketing is done in Lakeview, the one thing that looks awful is our black and white printed out of the office upstairs pamphlet. Um, we would like to make it a nicer one, like all the other pamphlets that we hand out down there. Like normally, otherwise, we just call Kay, hey, we need another 250, and she sits there and runs them off. And, but what we've talked about is if we can see if we can work with Andy Bennett again on, on some brochure uh, uh, design. Yeah, and we find out that by the, the printing cost on that is actually just not significantly different than us doing it in the house. But uh, uh, there'd be some additional layout charges and, and of course, uh, fees for, for talent. But, uh, I kind of talked to Tony about it, and they're all excited about it. Um, Y'all, Lakeview has a new logo, 
And um, I just pitched the idea of putting um, Camp Crescent right above the word Lakeview. So that would be like our logo for the campground. It'd be the same, sure. everything. It's just in smaller letters right above Lakeview to say Camp Crescent. All right, well, we'll get to work on that stuff. Okay, city participation in the housing development. Right. So we do have something to go through as, as, a, as a proposal from our, uh, from our council uh, housing uh, committee. Uh, Dale and, and Whitey and the mayor and I, and that's uh, just on page 33. So this would be a policy that says that the, the city would participate with private developers in, in residential subdivision with the, the overarching concept on this being that the city would participate uh, with financial assistance that is based on the property taxes to be anticipated to be paid by that development over the next 20 years. Okay, so, and we've seen those, uh, the scenarios that that we've used about determining what those property taxes would be. So we're looking at at these property taxes then over the next 20 years. Okay, this the the model that we've used though, uh, it uh, it in this example for both for both Brotherton development and and for Lakewood Partners development, we would assume three housing units built per year. Um, out there in, in each one of the developments. Yeah, so you, you consider three housing units per year that they are entitled to uh, tax abatement. And and ultimately that, uh, of course, uh, takes down the, the amount of property taxes that are that are paid over the line. So we're looking at, uh, at this 20 years, okay? And then just uh, several assumptions on that value of the land and structure does not change in, in our financial model, the value didn't change. Residential rollback was constant at 54%. And the city tax levy uh, in this model remained constant at $7.29. And again, all the houses were eligible for tax payment. So out of this, the anticipated revenues off of 20 years worth of taxes then, out of that, the city would install water, uh, water service, would install electric service, would install uh, street lighting then. All, all three at, at city expense. And then there would be an additional financial incentive to be paid then for each housing unit constructed. Okay, so the total amount of the water system, electric, street lighting, and the financial incentive then would not exceed the anticipated property taxes to be collected over those 20 years. See the numbers that we've used for, for each one of these developments then for, for the, uh, for the Brotherton uh, development, then um, the number is five hundred thousand, and for Lakewood Partners, it was two hundred fifty thousand. And that again, that is based on the the number of units and the anticipated value of the homes to be constructed there. So the Brotherton uh, uh, property had would propose to have additional uh, higher higher valued homes that generates uh, generates additional property taxes. So. And the incentives then paid as follows that we participate in the infrastructure installation while the infrastructure is going in we do water uh, electric and street lighting okay and the remaining incentive 
is paid to the developer then as the as the subdivision develops. So it, it is an incentive for infrastructure installation, but it's paid uh, and with the groundbreaking for, for each unit. Um, with noting that the incentive, this, this infrastructure incentive is paid to the original developers. So we maybe sell a lot to, um, to somebody else and then they're building their house you know, a year later, when when they break ground, there's still an, an incentive payment that would go, but it go to the original developer. Okay, so based on the on the estimates for water, electric, and street lighting, the anticipated uh, per unit incentive then to be paid at groundbreaking, then for Brotherton development be ten thousand dollars per unit, and Lakewood is about four thousand dollars per unit. And then that we did our anticipation of three per year, but if they do five one year, we're still doing the 10. The 10 like the brothers in the suggestion, if they did five in the first year, we'd still be 10,000 per right. up to five, mm -hmm. right. however many breaking ground. Sure. Can somebody buy a lot and not build on it? Just yeah. so they have a big, what happens then? They don't get the incentive until the house is built. Is, the there, is, is there a rule in if you buy a lot to be building one in such and such a time? Or? That's doesn't matter. That's why that would be between you and the developer. Mm -hmm. yep. um, page 34, then just a couple other things here. That the financial incentive for safety set forth in the development agreement. A couple other components then that would be built into the development agreement and they deal with the specifications for streets, which so the street uh, specs would be higher than, than that spec that's in our subdivision code right now. But we would say street width 31 feet from back back of curb to back of curb, seven inch uh, PCC pavement, six inch crushed stone compacted sub base, and eight inch uh, corrugated sub drain. When Brotherton's had prepared their their costs originally, they included all of that stuff in in theirs. The Lakewood proposal did not, so that would would have some additional cost. Although I'm not sure what the width of the street was you proposed. Yeah. And like I said, we we would um, the committee's gonna gonna recommend that we would have a different spec and be 31 feet. And then my the last uh, uh, paragraph there that the the city would agree to apply to Sac County for some additional funds. So we got some guidance about from Sac County about the potential use for some ARPA funds, and we do have applications that we could could submit to that. And it would be proposed then that we would apply to Sac County for uh, $100,000 for each of the developments. Okay, no guarantees on what that might ever amount to. What's the uh, council's thinking on, uh, on the committee's work? You did a good job. Cover everything pretty much accurately there, though? I think so. Just you know, we talked about when they start building it. Do we want to have it in a certain phase? You know, like the roof's on, and now we can pay it. You know, it's going to get completed. Whereas you know, they get started with the cement, and maybe that's the end of it for a while. So I, I, I'm just tossing that out. I'm not throwing a wrench into it, but I'm just kind of curious about. It. Yeah, I guess the the initial 
proposal here would is basically that it would be paid, be paid to the developer at groundbreaking. Okay, that's why I'm just wondering if they're, you know, starts three houses and that's great, but we'll see it. They don't go any further. Yeah. I think we'll pay that much for a lot. I'll have to stand that. What are you saying? Too, it's a nice and old, like, okay, it's like, the shell is up. Yeah, the shell is up. Something that's going to increase the value that's going to be on the tax roll. Right. That's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. Paying, uh, yeah, that's the pay. The incentive payment is paid uh, when the house is free. Any thoughts on, on this, Brother Pins? You got a print out on all that information, Hey, I, I do. I want to make sure that the, the council's all on board with this before we release it. To it. But, yeah. We used we used your tax figure that you gave us at that one meeting. That's where we came up with that tax base number. That's where we started with on that. That makes sense. Yeah. The revenue on that. We kind of thought we were at a pretty aggressive structure, three per year. You know, the first couple of years might not sound like that's too aggressive, but year five and six, that's pretty aggressive. Yet, you know. And we talked through it, Lake Shore Drive or East East Shore Drive, wherever Chris lives. You know, over there, that's some of them lots aren't even built on yet to this day. So they're not the city's not gaining no tax revenue, but once a house is built, then we're gaining that tax revenue. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, that's that was one of the things I explained here when I talked about yeah. that. You get that tax revenue once the house is there. And we and we use the empty lot tax revenue on the empty lots as our formula. To come up with all that. So Scott can certainly get that stuff to you. Yeah, I'd like to see that. And we've tried to get back to you as quick as we can because we're crunch. But again, we work with the SAC County supervisors as well. They've got some ARPA money, which is COVID money. And it sounds like they're willing to come up with a program, maybe. There's no guarantees until they actually vote on it. But they did tell us to get the applications in it for moving forward. What would the city put electrical, water, street lighting, lighting, lighting. Yep. those are the three things right there, mm -hmm. and and the incentive payment then per unit, yep. which is it's what you can use towards the sewer or street or however you want to look at it. So the streets all would be the developer's cost. Sewer would be all the developer's cost. Maintains the sewer after it's in cycle back. So when uh, when the infrastructure is uh, installed, you just go ahead and dedicate it to the city, and the city would accept it and be the city's responsibility from then on out. What was the thought behind the going to 31 feet curve to curve instead of 29? My, my biggest concern was parking. So if it's only 29 feet, you got a car parked on both sides. You don't have enough room for a vehicle to get through there. It's very limited. And so that extra two foot makes a big difference on the passing through. And it was 
primary, you know, on, on your development, you got somebody coming from both sides, but the Lakewood one is a cul-de-sac. So now you're limiting getting to the other end for emergency vehicles or whatnot have you. And I just didn't want to run into a problem when I say hi, because I, I was pretty instrumental on making it wider. Like out at uh, Horseshoe Drive, now we've eliminated parking on one side of the road up there. So now we've limited parking spots because it ain't wide enough. I didn't want to run into that in these new developments. And, and we had some discussion on curb or California curb. Um, like where Chris lives, you know, that's a flat drive out there that everybody's a lot of people afford extra cement out there to add parking next to the road, which is great. We've got a curb that's that's not an option, but somebody was really instrumental in wanting curb. So <laughs> um, um so over on Harrison Street where we did the uh, spec house. Yep. That street over there, I believe, is only 25 feet. 27. Like 27. 27. It's, it's narrower than the So that was on each side. And, I mean, no, I understand that that's narrow, but the, uh, the 29 gives you that two feet you're talking to. And I'm only looking at this like that's 1,500 feet, yeah. two foot wider. That we definitely understand <laughs> that. We don't want to have a problem in the future. And that we're trying to do everything we can do. Okay. Well, and we can't. Give away the farm. I mean, we went out 20 years, which I think is a pretty good time frame for the factory here. You know, hopefully the street class. But I was basing those numbers on myself. So yeah. So that that's why we went to the 31 foot. We want to make sure an emergency vehicle cars are parked on both sides, and we don't want the cops being called out there all the time. Hey, I can't get through. My neighbors having a party. Streets blocked. For anyone that that issues. Is that 31 feet? Is that uh, is that uh, only extend into the, the easement on each side of that street? Then, or is the homeowner going to have to give up more of that? Uh... Now, the the right of way would still be 50 feet, so it just extends into the easement. So, and actually, the street actually was 30 feet wide, really, because you got the six inch curve on this side. Right, still so give up a foot. Yes. No, I understand that. That's making sure. Yeah. Don't give us that seat whenever you have it ready. Yeah. So is the is the council ready to, to take action that this would to endorse this this policy recommendation from the committee? Well, I got, I got Walton. Okay. Walton. Yes. Frank. Yes. Muller. Yes. Beckman. Yes. Thank you. Yes. That's off to the committee. All right, so we're we're good to go, and I can get you that that information. Then we can come over sometime. We sit down and talk to it. That's a very fair. When we have that ready, do you think? Tomorrow. It's done. Yeah, no, it's it's I can just see how to print it off for you. Okay. Or. Yeah. 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 And that's very good. Probably some other stuff. You'll probably want to come back and get these from yeah, the, other. the other stuff from Scott. On the anticipated cost for the water, the electrical street lighting. We have all that cost 
that we have anticipated what they're going to be updated figures to have cost. So I guess I do have a question when you yeah. talk about these figures. This being private development like this, even though it's going to be turned back over to the city, as long as we meet those specifications of what is required, we don't have to go out and put this thing out to to like a public bid and, and, and all that. Like that becomes on us then. The other scenario that I was presenting was well, it's, it's basically city funded, and then you'd have to go out and right. solicit and all that. That puts that back on our shoulders. Correct. The developer. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I don't know if we've talked about, but one thing we did talk about is the city is participating more than our normal, where we will have the stipulations in our development agreement on both of these. Um, like for you guys, for example, if you're selling a lot to Jeff Ross, you can't make Jeff Ross buy everything from all that. And if Lakewood Partners is doing theirs, they can't say you have to hire me to build that house because he's a builder. And he sells a lot to Jeff Ross. Jeff Ross can hire John Meredith to build Does the city participate in that? Did you say if it's above you what this is? This extra incentive that we're doing is and it just takes that five hundred thousand for a hundred and it's like two hundred fifty thousand a year, I think. That like well, well, it's a total of 500,000 because we've got the electric on your deal. There are your electric, your water is anticipated at 181,000 costs to the city, and your electric cost is at 78,000 to the city for us to put everything in. That includes the street light. So, you take them two numbers off of that 500,000. That's the extra money we have left that we're throwing at you in the incentive payments of 10000 per deal. So when we're doing that, we want to make sure we're fair to the people in town. So whoever buys that lot isn't tied down. That It's a free lot. The city's participating in the development. And we want no strings attached to that. Does that make sense? If, if you sell the lot to Jeff Ross, Jeff Ross, you, you can't tell him you got to buy everything through the whole lot. You guys deal with the equity side of your deal. You don't have to that. He wants it to right in the middle. This is just hypothetically. Yes, it's a hypothetical situation. And we did the same thing with Scott Lyman as part of the Lakewood Development Group. He's a home builder. You know, so if we're participating in that, we want Jeff Ross to be able to get whoever he wants to build that house and build that future house. He's the developer. But he can also build in there too. So that makes sense. Yeah. You talked about the electrical platform last time when we were in here. You were talking about not having enough, enough transformers to do these developments. Where do you stand on that? I mean, how does that play out in timelines here? He sent the ones that we had on hand to get in and get rebuilt. As soon as they come and get them. Yeah. They were supposed to come down two weeks ago. Their truck, they called, so the truck was full and they have not come contact me back. But so that's I got right. I got a dozen of them being there to be rebuilt. So you're not going to use no dozen where on that development area. Would they be ready for this year immediately? I'm sitting in pretty good shape as far as depending on who's all going to really build this year. We're looking at while I was talking with the engineer when he was here. We went out to East End. And the Terrell Landing, 
we're looking three to four transformers there. Not a problem. Probably somewhere around four to five in your guys' development. I've got uh, 50 KVAs. I've got eight or nine on hand right now. Plus, I'm going to have three or four more rebuilts coming back. I think we'll be in good shape. Okay. Yeah. We feel pretty comfortable. Provided we don't have some catastrophic something happen that, you know. You know, one of the things that went through our head after that last meeting. Well, you, you talked about, well, maybe I could give one over here and one over here. And <coughs> start. I'm not a favor in piecing in the electric into a development area anyways. I want to go in and have it laid out, have it in there. I don't like having to come back across somebody else's lawn that's got their lawn done. So somebody does some work out there it looked like big enough that sewer line. Was that the city that did that? Did you just locate it? Nope. You did that. Um, we're waiting. This week, we've got a GPS locator that has it all on there, but it's not updated. we got a guy coming to do that hopefully Thursday or Friday. We'll walk there pinpoint it. Um, if we still can't find it, I'm waiting for, we're on a list to get a camera where we can go in one manhole and start finding all the manholes and then check out the sewer as we go. I think that's what we really need to do. <laughs> What are the existing issues with that line? We know we're getting into infiltration into that line because that lift station runs. And there's nothing on that lift station except the 30 acres can't run this closed right now. So we know there's something getting into that line. We just don't know where and how bad. One of the questions we asked from the very beginning was that that pump. Would be able to handle that development and the answer we got was yes but i i don't know any more than that you know will it actually is the size big enough mm -hmm. the lines going goes to what chopping up hill <coughs> across the lake or something like that and i'm still still on board with that notion that we won't have any problem handling sewage too okay if we do it's the city's responsibility yeah. right it's not going to go back on you guys. I mean, just as long as you don't have all these units out there, and all of a sudden it becomes our problem. Right. You know? yeah. We're at the city council and we just stated it's our issue. Unless, of course, you want it. Yeah. Unless you yeah. want it. <laughs> Any more questions? Right. But you, you'll, you'll want to come and get this copy too. You need to, yeah, I'll get you those costs and I'll show you that property tax model about how we figured it out. Yeah. I'll, or, if you, or if you hang I'll out. I'll see if I can make it over tomorrow. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, we need to approve the request for payment 13. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Second? I'll second. Okay, Frank. Yes. Mulder. Yes. Boltman. Yep. Beckman. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Okay, we motion to approve the payment. So moved. Second. Second. Roll call. Muller. Yes. Frank. Yes. Beckman. Yes. Waltman. Yep. Thank you. Yes. Okay, we've got to finish the budget preparation. Yeah. So.
walk through a few things here related to the budget. We'll just start on page 36. We talked about having those updated costs on, on all of the electric projects. Okay, so beginning on page 36, these are these are updated costs on all of the electric projects. So those uh, include the uh, the updated costs for for purchasing transformers and all the all the inventory and confirmed with the uh, the boring contractor that the price is the same as what it was last year. So um, everything's good on that, but you can see what the cost would be for each of these projects, and then I also included what the additional cost had been over that over that previous estimate for outlaw 20 and for that shaven project and then also for uh, the landing at east shore and flip to the to the next page then it's the updated costs on on the uh the brotherton development and the page after that is updated costs on the lakewood development hey scott how come well we're talking about them too Wood and Brotherton, how come the fire hydrants are different price to each one? The used, the the Hanky one is uh, is the cost estimate that their engineer prepared. Okay. The Lakewood one is the cost estimate that their engineer prepared. Um, but like even with water service, they went ahead and used the same price. They obviously didn't use the same price on. Fire hydrant one was five thousand one fifty five hundred. Yeah, say where the water. That's it. on the water main. It didn't didn't make any change on that on that per unit price because the installation was so much smaller on on the Lakewood one. So the cost per foot going to be a lot. Okay. The the most notable thing about the the water change is that it included fifteen percent on that for for engineering. So. Um, the, there is some additional water cost there that, that hadn't shown before. And then uh, bottom of the page there would show the additional cost for, for the electric. Uh, for, for both the Brotherton then and the and the Lakewood Park. So any questions or comments on the, the costs associated with that? Okay, let's take a look then at page 39 as we get into how we budget for these things. Okay, hold on, I gotta back up. I do have a question. How many 50k stacks on did you say that Tara was gonna need? Four to five? Three, three? Like, um, two to three. Two to three. Yeah. I mean, they're laying that. Jared's still working on that with each yard and lay that out. <coughs> well, like, I was kind of figuring two, and he was. Maybe swayed more than three. Okay. Well, just because in this stuff in this process, but we got two figures. Yeah. Anyway, that. yeah. And that's and one's four thousand bucks. So. Okay. Page thirty-nine is uh, your your one of capital improvements planning again. So there's some changes to this. I just want to talk through all of the changes. But the the first thing there is my uh, writing that I that I had there. All electric projects are included in the budget. There, they're all shown in the electric department budget. Okay, so uh, yeah, all of those projects that are that are listed there at the uh, at the updated cost per project. That's all included within the electric budget. So when we start talking about that and how much that's in, in the whole, 
there's uh, just know that all those projects are included. A couple of uh, the changes there as far as, as things that were taken out, the basket truck set aside um, had been $40,000 that's proposed to be removed. Um, in the parks department, the uh, epoxy floor at the shelter house had been $12,000 that's proposed to be removed. Still not uh, not having a project there in the campground about pad and utility uh, project that's uh, still removed. Um, Again, it talked about this trailer that so we got this this little trailer for the for the ashes. Um, I removed that from here, and then and then Dave comes to talk to me. And we were still supposed to come up with the trailer about being able to haul a uh, to haul the lawnmower. So I completely removed that. Whereas I think we'll we'll still look at a. Uh, at a trailer to be able to haul those lawnmowers, but that likely occurs this spring before the before the next budget comes uh, rolls around. So we're kind of talking about that. If everybody's okay, that we go down to Olson's. That's where I got the price off of this for Olson. I just went online, looked at Olson's online. Um, I called Haley as well, Haley. Can get them. The prices were very similar that I set to Scott, but um, Haley would have to order it in July. Yeah. Want it before July. Well, that's the, that's the primary purpose of it. So, and I, the one that I priced, the I priced wide enough to get our large mower on it. But yeah, it's an aluminum trailer, so one guy can handle it and hook it up. You know what I mean? So. I know our Minnesota for the electric department that came from up a Storm Lake trailer. I know when Bill bought that trailer, he used all three bids from all three of them places. Yeah, and I'm, I just want to make sure we get a good quality one. Haley uh, uh, sells a Luma brand, and Olson sells H and H and H. I think Storm likes a Luma, isn't it? They're Luma and then the Minnesota, I think. I, I think we should have checked in to go look at that so we have one when we need it as soon as the grass starts growing. Hopefully, yes. Somebody else would tell me to do that. I don't like it when he tells me to do stuff. Did <laughs> <laughs> you check things out for us? Are you older brother or younger brother? Younger brother. That bottom line on, on page 39, um, we had, I think, discussed this once before, and, and I know uh, Dale brought this up as a question again about Town Bay uh, Doc. I, I just highlighted that mainly more than anything, so we still have a discussion about that. And uh, what, if anything, needs to needs to be done to that dock? It does. I stopped and looked at today. It is in dire need of repair. It's from the trailer. The big one in the bay. The big one in the bay. The one that gets used all the time. Yep. There were some boards replaced on it maybe last year. Maybe a dozen at the most or half a dozen. But it is sad. And then the bumpers on the side. You know, this is only my opinion, but we want boaters to come, we want people to utilize our lake. We need a nice dock for the low number. That won't scratch the boat. Right. Um, and I did reach out to Jimmy Garls, and we could reach out to Shamrock, have them guys look at it, give us some ideas of what maybe could be done, but they're in that business. We bought the bumpers from Jimmy, wasn't it? 
about the last set of months. But maybe it's something to be modified. We got to be heavier duty than what they are. Correct. Because they're ripping them off. Well, you know, I watch people go in and out of that boat ramp, and you know that some of them are very good boaters, and some of them are not. <laughs> right. So, but we still need to maintain and have something safe for our people to, you know, somebody fall and get hurt on that thing. Go through that. Some of them boards are. <laughs> they pop, they'll come out of the screw holes, and they're standing straight up in the air. They're bad. Those are the 12 that got replaced last year. So the two by 12s, two by eights. They look like they're two by eights, maybe. And all the treads off board all over them. Yeah, it's, it just needs, I think we need to concentrate on fixing something that that's probably going to come in this year's budget. Yeah, well, um, so, but definitely something we need to look at. I think we talked to both of them. Yeah. yeah. And maybe there's a different type of dock design, and I don't know. You know what, like the DNR uses at their boat ramps? I don't know. But. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk with uh, the other two, two Marines and get some different, uh, different ideas. Uh, but then to the next page 40, then another change here again about the uh, the old sewer plant demolition fund set aside that uh, would not be uh, proposed not to be funded. Okay, there's uh, down in water, there's a couple of, of the question mark ones there with, with the amounts. These amounts are not included in in the budget yet, but we'll talk through a, a couple options on that about liquid and the St. Uh, Brotherton water system. And then just also confirming that the, the Northwest City pressure system is removed from, from the budget. So, let's look to the next page. And these are these were it's just a listing of the of the changes that we kind of just talked to about the epoxy floor. Okay, for sales tax, we would remove ten thousand dollars that which had been set aside for the for the uh, sewer plant demo, change that to fund lift station launch. So ten thousand dollars from lost, six thousand dollars out of out of the sanitary sewer. We have sixteen thousand proposing to uh, purchase eight of those lift station launch. Okay, uh, also from sales tax, an additional $4,000 for, for outlot uh, 20 water. That's just a re-estimate of um, the, the supplies that were needed for that project being checked that out. And there, there wasn't a dramatic change in the in the pricing of of, uh, of the pipe and valves and that type of stuff, but there was a little bit. Uh, capital projects removed that $4,000, which we had for this utility dump trailer. and Again, just uh, we'll work on that, but it would happen before this before this budget would uh, go into place. Sewer, again, changed capital improvement, $6,000 for lift station alarm, and removed that $10,000 for uh, sewer plant demo. And then you get to, to electric. So all of those projects, that says uh, about 20 shaven terrels, but it also includes Hank and like Everything is included in the, uh, in the electric budget now. Okay, one uh, re slight reduction actually is to reduce the wholesale power cost by about 30,000, by $30,000. And then the, that accurately, accurately, accurately reflects those costs from Marlin Verbis. That was that transmission cost we went through last time. And I had, 
up that significantly and it wasn't quite that much. So we can make that uh, minor change and then remove 40,000 uh, from the basket truck set aside. Uh, there's uh, that one there with the asterisk about um, consider um, using some funds we had set aside there as, as electric transmission. That was the, the notion that we would have some funds available to purchase into uh, additional electric transmission if we wanted to. So the city owns a little bit of electric transmission that we gained some revenue off of. But truthfully, it hasn't worked out the way that we had, had hoped for, but we do have this $30,000 uh, in a line item marked for, for transmission, which I would suggest we could just use for electric uh, expenses. A um, couple, couple other things. We still have a remaining uh, construction deposit. It's about $14,000 um, that the time limit has ran on that. And that's a Dave Schultz, uh, Schultz uh, deposit, construction deposit. Again, that's about $14,000, which we would propose to uh, just transfer to electric. What was that for? Uh, we extended a prepaid line. We had to prepay for that. That's with one of those deals. He gets it. He gets it back over time based on 50% of his usage, but he never used enough power over those years to, to get it all back. Okay. So those would be a couple of, of places uh, where we would propose to utilize some more funds. So if you look at the next page then, on 42, this is with all of those changes in there, um, this shows what the uh, expected revenues and expenditures are by fund. Again, so the, the general fund is $127,000 in the whole, but we're transferring a lot of uh, money for a street project and then for that street at, a, at out lot 20. So um, again, it's it's not unexpected that that would be in the whole. Uh, road use tax, we're, we're spending money for a, uh, a large street project. Okay, sales tax. Still forty thousand dollars to the to the good, so the uh, revenues exceed the expenses. Okay, Jeff, that has all of the those expenses uh, in there for for community center and for phase two of the uh, of the Vasco Water Main project. So that's uh, having us expend those dollars. Are we hoping for a grant for that too? Yeah, that is the non-grant part of that. That's the non-grant. That's the non-grant part of the project. Okay. Yeah, a little update on, on that grant. We still need to, before we can officially get awarded that grant, we got to get this archaeological study completed. And I've gotten a hold of the contractor, but they just have not completed all of the field work yet. Everything is, is online and, and still proceeding forward. They just haven't completed the field work. And, and we can't get officially awarded that grant until that's done. So we'll keep uh, uh, pushing them to get that done soon. Uh, hotel motel, again, the uh, revenues do exceed expenses a little bit by 5000 Then you get into all of those capital projects. Again, so large street project and uh, and street at, at outlot 20. And this just shows all of these uh, projects and so that street at Outlot 20 got 125 revenue going down. Where's that coming from? That transfer from the general fund. Okay. That's interesting. 
if you can amend it, I, I would assume you could. I don't know them. I don't do grants. Well, you would think so. You know, they think just be a matter of adjusting the paperwork. Um, um, down by the lake, you know, the only place I can see that would be feasible would be close to the mud volleyball area. I don't know where else you would go. What is so initially when this came about, you guys were talking about the volleyball court making it into a pickleball court. The committee does not want it in the camp. And what's the reasoning? Because it will look like it's a campground. That and I think the other issue was um, the pickleball players going out early in the morning. That's what the campers are going to hear is that ball bouncing back and forth. There's a noise thing. I hear a garbage truck at 5 30 in the morning. Every Tuesday and Friday, I know. And I, and I think there's room. I don't know, volleyball, everything's so smaller, carnival's getting smaller. I think those were the, you know, those three areas are probably okay, but you will get a lot of pushback on that part. Works for me. Well, maybe that's something we've got to get ironed out and have maybe the meeting with the committee. That's part more to hear the thing about the I'm okay with the park. I'm so sorry, but I'm here to tell you when that sidewalk is going to go I, in. Yeah, you I just know. thought we were yeah. tearing up the whole green space. So all I heard was you're taking all the green space. It's not right. a park anymore. There it. are people that just like to look at grass. Apparently. So I, I'm all for it being in there, and I'm sure the committee is too. But I don't want to see it get delayed and we lose grants because we didn't. No, I, I'm not saying that either. I'm totally not saying that. I'm just trying to figure out the right spot for it. But I think the school and the campground are not <coughs> conducive to what we want it to be. We want it to be a community visible asset. And if you put it in the campground, right away the first person said, I wouldn't feel like I could go in the campground and use that. I would think that it's a campground. Mm -hmm. yeah, but, but again, have to worry about the parking thing. <laughs> and the noise, it is a factor, right? I, I brought up the school idea because I thought it was great for the kids to utilize during their PE class or whatever. Then there's no problem with the kids using it. That's not the issue. It's that we want it centrally located so that it looks like an asset to the community because no one will notice it up there. No one will know it's there. No one will go there. The campus wouldn't even know it's there if it's up at school. Put the next door aquatic center. Well, that sax is a sax next to their aquatic center. Yeah. And then yeah. their playground, it's like, you know, it's, it's a very, yep. it's a very, so nice. very nice, well-planned complex. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's, it's very nice. We just don't have it yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so still on page 42, we keep working our way down to the, to the water utility. Uh, it does run a little bit uh, in the hole this year. Um, but I'll, I'll show you the fund balances. That's still generally okay. 
Same thing with sewer. That's actually better than than what it looked like last time. So it's uh, eighty-seven hundred bucks in the hole, but that's uh, conceivably okay. Okay, electric you see runs one hundred seventy-nine thousand dollars in the hole, and and will uh, and again that includes all those projects in in the electric. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So flip to the next page, then, and you can see what the fund balances are. Just so a couple of fund balances uh, of note, and so we're again looking at the uh, highlighted line, which would be the ending fund balance at the end of next year. Again, general funds five hundred sixty-seven thousand uh, dollars. Then you got road use, and then you got lost. That lost fund is is proposed to be one hundred five thousand dollars. Okay, the. Other ones then far over to the right, water, sewer, and electric. So water never does keep that much of a balance in there, but it's at twenty-three thousand. Sewer still at uh, at two hundred thousand, and electric is is going down, and but it'd be at one hundred sixty-five thousand dollars. So again, if we can look at uh, utilizing those electric transmission funds, at least uh, the rest of that fund from uh, from Schultz's, yeah, and that's that in total is about 40. And uh, the other thing that I would ask you to think about is more in the middle of the page, we have this thing called electric improv, the electric improvement fund. That's our rainy day sinking fund. And you see that at the end of next year, that the balance of that would be $546,000. So uh, just would you consider utilizing $100,000 out of, out of the rainy day fund for projects? Well, isn't that what it's really for? Or it's, 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 it's a rainy day emergency. And, and, but and really, they're doing this budget anticipating we're going to have both these developments go through, and we don't have no agreements in place yet today. That's true. Mm -hmm. yep. Does anybody any great heartburn if there's a $100,000 transfer out of electric improvement? No, not really. No. And that makes all of those accounts actually seem pretty good. And and we've accommodated uh, all of these projects uh, at least through uh, for the electric side. Let's do page forty-four here real quick. Because we still do have the uh, the Lakewood and the and the Brotherton water cost to consider there. So potential cost there on, on the water, 181 on, on, I think those are backwards, 181 on uh, on Brotherton and 121 on uh, on Lakewood. Anyway, the suggestion there is is that you know you could, you could look at uh, doing like that issuance if you'd like, but it's about three hundred thousand dollars, and that you could utilize that from from the general fund, and we would still be okay because we're gonna have. Additional funds going to them to the development's expense as well. Right. So that's my on, on the incentive payment. The incentive payment. Yep. That's my next suggestion to you is that the incentive payments would come out of that hundred five thousand dollars that's in sales tax. And then, if need be, we have an ending balance of twenty thousand already and a set aside for. Uh, wastewater treatment plant demo. Yeah, it's it's just sitting there. So we, to, we could transfer that as well. That's right. But 
Talking about the demolition of that, what's the ultimate goal out there? I mean, the use of the ground. Really a council decision about what the use would be. It could conceivably be some, some uh, development property for more of a commercial type use, commercial storage type use, you know. So, and, and the reason why I asked that, I mean, it just, um, you know, trade trading the ground for the demolition. I don't know what's it going to cost to demo that. You know, I don't know what the ground's worth. What mm -hmm. is there? Well, four what, acres, three acres. Yeah, I'm not even sure. What is I mean, you're going to have to save enough for the, the substation out there yep. and for the growth of that. But to the north of that, it seems like there's a pretty good chunk of ground that, you know, where the, the wastewater treatment plant sits that could be. And actually land to the north. And, of and the, not cost us yeah. anything to demo it. Okay. Can I say something? Yes. Isn't that the area we look at for run at north, some point? North, north of the fence. Yeah. yeah. Right next to Indian Creek. We were going to give him a chunk of land to put a shed on, and we'd get his building downtown, tear it down, try to have a building put up to downtown business. You just have to look down the road, I think, because we have businesses that want to come here. We, we have nowhere to put them. We don't own the ground to access there, though, right? Across the front of it, we got to work with Bob. Yeah. So where, what's our agreement in place with him now or it ran out? Yeah, I say we don't have we don't have any written agreement in place. It ran out. <laughs> the judge said we had to pay for three years, but the end of that, before. So we would have to before we could actually do anything with that, we gotta make come up with an agreement for Bob Lesson to buy either part of that or whatever. <laughs> Whether it's a to buy the property or gain an easement. Same way for substation. Yeah, yes and no. Yeah, because I, I certainly would make an argument we have access across there for public purposes. Okay. For 70 some years. I just I just know I remember there was an agreement with Bob and we're talking about what he just said, oh, if we're gonna get rid of the ground or yeah, make it a development area yeah. for businesses or whatnot, have you we gotta make sure we got access to it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think if somebody came up to the proposal and said, we'll knock all this down, if we get this at a big discount, we'd jump all over that. This is going to be expensive. Orchard says not to call me. Pardon? Orchard says, don't call me. <laughs> he tore one building down years ago and said, don't call me for the rest. You got to catch me in the week more. So, for, for budget purposes, then you every okay about uh, budgeting the uh, the water projects from from the general fund and then the incentive payments from loss what i would intend to do for budget purposes is to just budget those three projects at each place it'd be sixty thousand dollars all right so we're down to public yes if we we do need to if we're good to go, we need to set a public hearing and that would be on March 21st. Move that motion. So move. Second. Second. Move. Second. Hey, Boltman. Yes. Moore. Yes. Frank. Yes. Beckman. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Very good. I just want to uh, just have a little brief discussion about police chief uh, recruitment and 
I think at the last, previous <laughs> meeting we had a discussion about whether there would be a, a committee to do initial review of the uh, of the application or whether the entire council did. I know we had some discussion on that. We didn't have a formal decision about that. So what's and you you've seen what we got for applications now. I mean, what's what's your uh, what's your thought about? Would you like to have a, a committee? work through the initial selection and come up with, with some first interviews and proceed through the interview process? Or basically, would you like to have the entire council involved with that? I'd like to see maybe narrow it down to three quicker for the council. Otherwise, we're going to have some pretty long council meetings. Mm -hmm. so. Okay, and, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, Right. So, who who would be who is our committee members? Dave and Mike. And the mayor. Yep. There's some pretty radical <laughs> distances in there. <laughs> Yes, well, so online, anybody knows how Indeed works. If they don't have a cover letter, there's a place they can just auto apply for jobs that come up into their jobs, and that's what they're doing with everything that's on file. So if there's no cover letter, they they probably don't even know they apply. It could be. So just okay. FYI, while you're looking through them, I did look through them all. There is some quality candidates. I'm not sure they come here for that. Right. Why? What I mean, they're the ones that have cover letters. Even I'm talking about are pretty quality candidates. You know, I'm glad you guys have the committee because I don't want to be on it. Yeah. Are we going to go set up a date? Yeah, and we said that we do first review around the first of March. So we'll give them another another week yeah, for applications. Good. Is there a better, a better time of day for you, Mike? Um, between nine o'clock and two forty-five. Or after five. I say it might be after five. Then it is. We have done that again. Do it right at five. I'll be done with five. You have to rewind up for other bus full of kids. <laughs> There's a cocktail meeting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad. Just one? <laughs> That's it. Okay. A motion to adjourn. So, so, second. 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 Adjourn.